Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Would you uh, stand up to your feet so we can get started here? I know Pastor just sat down. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's good exercise, he said. How's everybody doing this morning? Good, good. Much better now that we feel safer. Amen? I know I feel safer. You know, we have um, we have great team out there. You know, we have great pastor, great leader. So um, I'm not just saying that because, you know, I'm here, but... We do have all that. Amen. So if you got your Bibles this morning, would you please turn to Matthew 22, chapter, no, Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40 is what we're going to be reading this morning. And before I start, I want to give honor to Pastor and Sister Valerie for the opportunity to be here this morning, teaching y'all on this beautiful Sunday morning. Hope it doesn't rain like I said it would. You know, I don't want my plans to be ruined this afternoon. Um, but, you know, we're, we're hoping for that. Um, so thank you, Pastor. Uh, thanks to the leadership. And have you all have your Bibles there? I, I, I know I'm taking my time. I don't want anybody to get any, any paper cuts. All right? All right. So, all right. So the Bible says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love thy Lord, the Lord thy God, with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love you. That's, that's a great way to start. <laughs> thou shalt love thy neighbor as, as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the, prophets, and the prophets. Amen. And I'll be teaching this morning on this subject, love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. Would you put your Bibles down and raise your hand and and pray for the word this morning. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the word that you're going to bring us today, Lord. I pray, that, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint your servant, Lord. I, know, I, I pray, Lord, that you would give me the confidence, Lord, to preach, Lord, and, and, and to put forward your word that you have given me today, this morning, Lord. And I pray that our hearts and minds be receptive and receive the word that you have today. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Hallelujah. You all may be seated. You all may be seated. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All righty, so love thy neighbor, right? That's a, a lot of the things that I find in the Bible, a lot of the things that we are said to do are oftentimes easier said than done, right? Many things in the Bible are easier said than done. And loving thy neighbor is, is probably one of the hardest ones, right? Uh, out of probably, all, I mean, love... Loving God is a choice, right? You know, we, 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 we can choose, you know, to or not to. In the end, he still loves us. But to love a neighbor, to love somebody else, that's, that's a little bit harder to do sometimes, right? So, 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 so there was a little icebreaker, and I was debating whether to do it or not, but I, I really want to do it now because I want to find out if this is true. But do you have a neighbor you hope you never run into? You can raise your hand, you know, unless your neighbor came with you. <laughs> Do you have a neighbor you hope you're, you know, I, I, I have, a, I have a, a couple neighbors that, that I know they don't, want, they don't want me to run into them, you know, like, like they don't want to see me because I like talking and, you know, as, as I like talking, I'm also a good listener. So a lot of times there's some neighbors that I don't want to run into because I'm, I'm literally looking at my watch and I'm pacing back towards my house as they're talking kind of giving them a thing like, hey, I, I have to go. But as, as I'm taking steps back, they're taking a step forward. And, you know, and, and I don't want to make it to my house. And then they, they'd be at my threshold at my door, you know, just trying to come in, still talking. But, but sometimes that's me. You know, I'm, I'm the talkative neighbor. Have you all had a neighbor that borrowed things, borrows things, you know? Have you ever wanted to borrow things and never gives them back? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I, I, I don't like borrowing. I, see, I, I, I grew up not having many things, so the few things I have, I like to hold on to. So when people say, hey, look, can I borrow this? I got to be watching using it. So if you ever ask for me to let you borrow something, please don't think I'm a, you know, I, I might help you. I'm, see, I'm just having people say, I, I won't let you use it, but, but let me do what you want to do, you know? Like somebody asked for my pressure washer. I said, I'll pressure wash your whole house, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to use it. But uh, anyways, moving. <laughs> don't take advantage of me now. <laughs> but, you know, but, but I don't have many things as well. So, you know, so, so, so we're limited on what we can do. Amen. So the word neighbor, right? So, so one thinks of the word neighbor when it speaks in the Bible as somebody that lives next to you, right? You know, neighbor, you probably think of that insurance company, you know, like a good neighbor, you know. Um, State Farm is there. <laughs> yeah, somebody have State Farm. Um, that's good. So I have State Farm too, that's the saying. But, but, but many people get this because that is what the word means, right? When you look it up in the dictionary, it, it, it's a noun in which says a person living next, uh, near or next door to the speaker or person referred to. Right? So when you're saying my neighbor to my left, my neighbor to her right, my neighbor across the street, my neighbor's in my neighborhood, it's called a neighborhood, you know, there's that word neighbor again. But it can also be a verb, right, of a place or thing, uh, which means be situated next to or very near another. You can say, you know, um, that the United States neighbors, you know, verb Mexico and Canada, you know. So, 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 so it can be used as a, as a noun or verb, but may, many people have that concept that the neighbor is someone that is, lives next to you, right? But what I like, first of all, I want to thank my wife. She got me a, a nice Bible. It's bilingual, by the way. Um, it's in English and Spanish. And what I always like to incorporate in every, anytime I teach in English, I like to go do a little run through it in Spanish because you'll be surprised how many words have a whole different connotation and bring even more, more um, a broad view of what this word means. So the word in Spanish for neighbor, or at least in a biblical way, is in a biblical way is the word prójimo. Can you say it with me, prójimo? All right, Dora the Explorer doesn't do that. So, prójimo, right? Which stands for uh, uh, I had the Spanish. Okay, I'm gonna translate it real quick. Person considered in respect of any other human being. That is part of the humanity, you know. So, 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 what does that mean? Any other human being, right? So, the so a neighbor, in the in you know the prójimo word Spanish is any other human being. Now, what I like about the Spanish is that there's another word that sounds the same. It's the word próximo. It changes the prójimo to próximo, and that and that stands for next, right? Next. So think about it. Prójimo neighbor, próximo next. So per, somebody next to you, right? So, so you know, the, the, my, my, my brain could go on and on trying to, you know, de decipher all, all these words. But, but we have to keep in mind who your neighbor is, amen? So that is anybody that is around you, and more specifically, any other human being, amen? So, so who is my neighbor? So one of the primary reasons many have difficulty following the commandment of Jesus to love your neighbor as yourself is because of a modern misunderstanding of who one's neighbor is. Like I said, you may have an understanding that your neighbor is the one that lives next to you, but um, the modern concept typically entails a person whom you live close in close proximity. Uh, you have houses on the same street, you share an apartment building, or the person's residence is within walking distance of yours. But the command to love one neighbor as oneself comes originally from the book of Leviticus. In Leviticus 19 and 18, the word says, Do not seek revenge or bear any grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Now, this is the... the, the the, the, the part of the Bible where the I am the Lord part, you know, where, where he's giving them command when he's telling them, and, and this is one of the most important ones, but love your neighbor as yourself, right? So the Jews of Jesus' day would largely have understood their neighbor to be their fellow Israelites, but God has a broader definition in mind, right? So, so many of the Israelites thought, well, my neighbor is just the people of Israel, right? Us in between, nobody else, everybody else is excluded. But how selfish is that? You know, where you, if we say, well, only the neighbors in the church are the ones we need to love. Everybody else in the world we do not love, right? But remember, neighbor is another person, right? Just any, anybody else. And, uh, and, 
And there are very different aspects in the way you can see a, a neighbor. So in the book of Leviticus, uh, keeping there in, in uh, chapter 19, verse 13, says it this way, you shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him, right? It doesn't say the, the, the next door neighbor. It just means somebody else, right? Do, do not rob him, right? Uh, uh, verse 15, uh, same chapter, uh, you shall not do injustice in court. You shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. But in righteousness uh, shall you judge your neighbor, now, it doesn't say your next-door neighbor that you're in court with. It just means anybody else that's there. So this is another connotation of the word neighbor. Um, uh, verse 17, you shall not hate your brother in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. Now, this is comparing a brother like a blood brother, but it's also comparing it to us a neighbor. So, so now your neighbor could be somebody else. It could be your brother. It could be somebody you're in court with. It could be somebody that you're paying wages to. It could be somebody you could rob, which, you know, the Bible says not to do that. But, you know, that's what the word uh, neighbor is used in many different ways to talk about somebody else in the biblical standard. And, and then in Luke uh, 10 records an incident which, in which a scribe or a, a uh, what's it called, a, a lawyer, which is an expert in the Jewish law, tested Jesus about what he must do to inherit eternal life. So, so this is the, the story known as the Good Samaritan, right? This is a parable that Jesus used in order to show him how to love your neighbor, right? So the scribe responded with a command to love God with all one's being and to love one's neighbor as himself. And Jesus affirmed the response, but the scribe wanting to justify himself asked, who is my neighbor? Right? So, so after he explained to him, yes, I know that you got to love God with all your heart and all your soul and all that, and love your neighbor as yourself, but who is my neighbor? Like, he's asking Jesus, who are you referring to? Like, who are we supposed to love? And then, um, then Jesus replied with a parable of the Good Samaritan. So if you, get, if you go to Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 25 through 37, that is the, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And it, it begins in, in verse 25 right there. It says, and behold, a lawyer stood up, stood up to put him to the test. He was trying to test Jesus, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That's a good question, right? Anybody in those times would, would want to know that. Anybody right now would want to know that. What should we do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Pretty much saying, well, what do you think, right? You lawyer, you scribe, you know it all, right? What do you think, right? And he answered, well, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said unto him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. That's what Jesus told him. Well, good job. You know what to do. Do this and you'll live, right? But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So, so, so there it goes. He's asking, who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with a parable, and, and it begins. It says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. That's a bad place to be at. Now, by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he, when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Now, we, we all know, and I know Pastor touched on this last week, you know, about the, this parable. You know, these people that were supposed to help him, these people were, were, were looked as, as good people that would, you know, probably would have helped this guy, but they both went around him. They avoided him. They didn't want to help him, right? And then, um, but a Samaritan, now, now this is somebody from Samaria who, if you all don't know the, the, the history, it's a bit of feud between, between this guy and, and the Samaritan. So they're really not supposed to be talking to each other. They're really not supposed to be, you know, dealing with each other. But he does, right? Um, he, but a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So that's the first thing he, he, he had. He had compassion for him. So, so God is showing this, that, that yes, a, a lot of people will, will see you in your situation, but not everybody's going to help. All the ones that are going to help are the ones that show compassion. So that's what we must do, right, as, as a church. That's what we, we must do as churchgoers, as attenders, and, and even as human beings. We must show compassion to others because that's the first thing that will lead you in order to help somebody. Right? So he went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him in to an inn and took care of him. So he took from his own resources to take care of this person. You know, he, if he was anything like me, he would say, well, I'm not going to use my stuff, you know, on this person. You know, because this, this Samaritan is a good Samaritan. He's a little better than, than what I, you know, 
I, I would have done probably, or any of us would have done. But, but he, he took care of him, right? He, he brought him to the inn, and then uh, and the next day he took out to, uh, to Nari and gave him to the innkeeper saying, take care of him, and whatever you spend, I will repay you when I come back. So not only is he taking care of him, took him to the end, but he's paying for his hotel stay. He's paying for, for this man that he doesn't know. And then, uh, uh, and then uh, take care of him, whatever, so I, will, I will repay you when I come back. Then Jesus asked, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said unto him, you go and do likewise. Amen. And like I said, this, this story is, is, is one, it's is a really famous one about the Good Samaritan. And keep in mind that it says good in front of it. So it's not only any other Samaritan, it was the Good Samaritan, right? So, so, so us as Christians, do we want to be looked as a Christian or a good Christian, you know? Amen? Because, because in the end, it, it was the goodness that this man had in his heart what led him to help this person, Right? If, if, if there was no good in him, he would have just avoided him like everybody else did. But because of the goodness of his heart, right, he went and helped him. And the lawyer asked Jesus, what's the greatest or most important law in Moses' writings? And his plan, like I said, was to test Jesus. But Jesus could not be fooled. He said, look, I, I was there when this was written. I inspired this word. I, I know this word. You know, that I, if, if I was Jesus, I, I would have acted a, you know, a fool like that probably. But thank God I'm not, you know. Um, we're, I'm trying to be like him, amen. I'm trying. I'm trying. But, but I wouldn't say, well, I was there when, you know, this was written. But, you know, he was trying to, to fool him, to take him for a fool. But he knew the law better than the lawyers did, right? Because, you know, like I said, he was there. Um, and, and, and then when, as he replied with his parable, it, he went deep into an explanation. Now, through a careful study of Jesus' teaching, we see that there's a difference between who we would like our neighbors to be and who Jesus says our neighbors are, right? Because we would like our neighbors to be people that have the same likes like we do, right? We would like for our neighbors to get along, right? So therefore, if I had to choose a neighbor, they would have to be bilingual <laughs> because I like to speak in two languages, <laughs> amen. But that's if, 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 if. I'm not saying that's what I want, okay? I love every single one of you guys. But, but, but let's say that you're looking for certain specific characteristics in the neighbor, right? That way you're kind of separating. You're not loving everybody, just a certain group of people, right? And many times uh, we try to, to, to pick those people that, that, that love us in return, you know? We put conditions in that love. We say, well, if I'm going to love you as a neighbor, you got to love me back, right? Because a lot, of, a lot of people have that conditional love. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this. I'll, you know, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine, right? I'll, I'll love you if you love me. You know, we're cool. And many times we try to choose neighbors from among people like we, right, that change the same uh, commonalities and, or those that could benefit us, right? So if, 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 if I move to a nice neighborhood and my house is next to the guy that owns the mansion down the street, I want that guy to be my neighbor because I know when he throws, you know, barbecues, he's going to bite the neighborhood and I'm going to have a good time. You know, he's, he, if my car breaks down, he's going to pay for it, you know. So, so but, but, but sometimes we, we, we want to find benefit in neighbors, right? You know, you, you, you want that neighbor that has that riding lawnmower while you got the push one, you know. Say, hey, mine broke down. Let me borrow yours real quick, you know. So, 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 you, can, so you could find neighbors that you want to be around, right? You could. But that's not what Jesus said, right? That's not what Jesus calls to do. He calls to love our neighbors, every single one around us, right? And, and, and this is the first and second commandments, right? Because Jesus responded to lawyers, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. He said, it's, it's, there's no comparison. You, got, you have to love God. Um, uh, this is in Matthew 22 and 37. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm not giving you scripture. Um, he, and he... He said, well, this is the first one. You have to love God with everything you have. And the second one is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So, so how do you love your neighbor as yourself? Well, the, the answer is it's in, it's in the command, as yourself. How do you love yourself? Have you ever asked yourself that? How do I love myself? What do I do for me? How much do I esteem myself, right? How much do, do I desire to be good for myself? That's how good you have to love your neighbors. I'm not saying... If you buy yourself a nice steak, you got to buy everybody a nice, you know, 
<laughs> there's, there's, but, you know, the way you, you, you want un, uh, other ones to treat you, I would say, is how you want to treat others. Amen? So, um, in this brief answer, Jesus gave a subnosis of how to obey the Old Testament because the first law comes from a passage commonly known as the Shema, uh, and, uh, at the beginning which states uh, in, in Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We all know that, right? And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. That's what it says. So, so he took that part from, from the Old Testament, and some may consider the first commandment to be simpler of the one to follow. However, it's impossible to perform the first commandment accurately without fulfilling the second, of which Leviticus 19 and 18 tells us, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. So the basis upon which the children of Israel were to treat their neighbors was rooted in God's uh, personhood and presence. If they truly believed God, who, was, uh, who, was, who he said he was, each, and each person was made in God's image, then they would treat each other accordingly. Right, so so pretty much you have to see it this way. I am God's, right? Everybody else is God's creation, right? We, we were all created by Him, right? So 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 if if we're gonna love His creation, we gotta love everything in His creation, not just a certain group of people, right? So our neighbor is thus anyone in our proximity with whom we can share God's love. That is who your neighbor is, right? We are called not only to love those who are similar to us, or or whom we are comfortable with, but all whom God's places on our path everybody that got placed in our path it could be that person that you don't want nothing to do with but if god puts them in your in your path guess what you're gonna have to love them amen and uh matthew 5 uh 44 through 48 the very famous i mean the whole bible is pretty famous but jesus says i tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your father in heaven he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are, are, you, are, are not even the tax collectors doing that? It's comparing and say, well, are, aren't other regular people doing that already? And, and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? He's comparing, and, and this is really, you know, hard stuff. And if you greet only your own, I'm, I'm repeating, I'm going to repeat it again. And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. It's comparing it to the world. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. How are we perfect, perfected through love? Amen? So God shows the love to all people, right? John 3.16 is a passage of love. You know, for God so loved the world uh, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. That's how God shows love, right? Romans 1, 19 through 20, the Bible says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, things that you can't see. And love is one thing that God shows us that, that sometimes we can't see, but we can feel, right? We can feel God's love sometimes. Uh, 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God loves us so much that he doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants everybody to come to repentance, to have the opportunity to be saved, to have the opportunity to live out the gospel. And as his children, we are called to do the same, right? We are all called to, to love, right? But like I said, the, the lawyer and, and, and Luke, uh, like we read, tried to test him or try to justify himself. And in the passage, uh, another lawyer tried to test Jesus by asking, how he could inherit eternal life. And Jesus answered as he did in Matthew 22 by reciting the two greatest commandments, love God and love your neighbor, right? Um, and then he asked, and who is my neighbor? And Luke uh, records that the lawyer asked this question to attempt to justify himself in Luke 10 and 29. And if the lawyer could determine specifically who was and who was not the na his neighbor, then he would have justification from Jesus himself for not loving some people. So if Jesus would have said, well, your neighbors are only this group of people. Well, he said, well, I'm only going to love them and not those other ones that are on, you know, on this side of, of, of town, right? If Jesus would have pointed to a specific group of people, he said, well, you said love your neighbor, and these are my neighbors, so I'm only going to love them, not them, you know? But, but he didn't say this way, right? And sadly, this is the way many people approach this question today. Instead of seeing everyone as a neighbor and loving everyone as much as we love ourselves, we like to pick and choose who our neighbors are, right? That's, that's hard. 
Yeah, this can cause to avoid having to be neighbors to people who are different from us. And many today are still asking this question. If I am commanded to love my neighbor as myself, then who is my neighbor? Fortunately, Jesus was ready with a parable. Amen? Fortunately, he was able to show us who our neighbors is. And that is anybody. Right? So in the parables of the Good Samaritan, Jesus told a story. But, it, but like I said earlier, it, it wasn't just any Samaritan. It was a good Samaritan. This was quite appealing to the Jews listening to the story because they hated the Samaritans, right? Neither got along with, with each other. However, even though they avoided each other, they were still neighbors, whether they liked it or not, right? They were neighbors. It, that could not change. But as Jesus told this story of a man suffering on the side of the road needing assistance, the audience expected a character like the priest or the Levite to be the hero of the story, right? They're like, oh, well, those are our people, right? Amen to that. They were probably clapping beforehand. But when Jesus announced that it was a Samaritan who cared for the man, the audience was shocked. Anybody would have been, right? Anybody would have been shocked. And not only did the Samaritan care for the wounded man, but he went above and beyond by binding, binding up the man's wounds, using his own equipment, providing the man transportation uh, to a safe place and paying for the lodging in which he stayed and for further me medical care. And at the end of the story, when Jesus asked the lawyer who acted like a neighbor to the wounded man, he said the Samaritan. Right? He acted like the good neighbor. It wasn't State Farm. It was a Samaritan. All right? So the story left the Jewish priest and the Levite as we would see ourselves. Right? We, we may think we come to a place where we're like, well, I'm all this and that. Right? I'm all high and lifted up. No, no. But, um, but yeah, but, but we can avoid people that are in need sometimes because we're so, you know, high up there. You know? I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, that that's, that's a good thing or a bad thing. But it's a principle that, that is not biblical and it's not shown right there. Otherwise, it would have been a different story. But thankfully, there was a good Samaritan. Amen? So it's important to understand what true love is, right? We love people by genuinely seeking what is best for them, right? Any husbands? Right? We, we love to show our wives how much we love them, right? Yes. <laughs> Only one yes. All right. Well, two. You know, me and, me and Pastor over here agreeing. Right? Loving others does not mean agreeing with everything they say or do. Mm. <laughs> kind of lost everybody there. Nor does it mean acting in ways that always gain their approval. I and my wife knows that. <laughs> but uh, loving our neighbors means attending to their needs, right? Right? Attending to their needs, both physical and spiritual, right? You, you, have you ever had God leading you to pray for somebody, but you don't? Mm. There's that love again, right? We have, we have to attend to their needs, both physical and spiritual. We love our neighbors when we, like the Samaritan in Jesus' parable, have compassion for them and help them meet their needs as we are able. doesn't mean you always got to help everybody, but if you're able to, you best believe you got to help, right? And, and, you know, it's not always that you're going to be able to, like I said, but whenever you can, be that help. We love our neighbors best when we share God's truth with them. That's the biggest love you can give them. If you can't give them anything else, you know, in the physical realm, you can probably teach them my Bible study. Talk to them about God. Talk to them about Jesus, right? Because the truth is that Jesus can save, right? Jesus alone can save. John 14 and 6 says this. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say no, nobody comes to the Father except through Brother Eric, you know? So in reality... None of you guys need me to make it to heaven, but it's better that we're together, amen? It's much better when we're together, amen? Uh, Acts 4 and 12 says, and there's salvation and, there, and, none, and, and no one else, for there's no other name under heaven giving them a man by which we must be saved. There it is again. There's no other name. Pastor cannot save us, you know? No, nobody here can save us. I, I cannot save anybody. But showing the love of God that works through us, Right? That's, that's how we can help our neighbors. That's how we can love them, right? And he came uh, to meet every people's needs, right? That, that's what Jesus came to do, to meet the needs of the people. And God requires us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Now that we have analyzed who our neighbor is through the examples given in the Old and New Testament, we can focus on what it means to be a good neighbor. God's desire is not only for us to simply learn what it means to be a good neighbor, but to act upon the knowledge and put it into practice in our lives. In other words, don't only be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word, right? I cannot tell you guys that I love you and not show it. You know, those are just words. But there must be actions with the words, right? 
because um, you know, you have to act upon the knowledge and put it into practice in our life to bring him glory. Because if we act it out, that glorifies God, right? Because the glory of God, many may think that it, that it is felt, but the glory of God is actually seen, right? You say, I'm explaining. People can see the glory of God through us, right? That's how God gets glorified. You know, but the, but the spirit of God is what is felt, right? But the glory of God is what is shown, right? So we must act upon the teachings that he has given us because that's how God gets glorified, right? It's the spirit working in us, revealing his glory, amen? And Jesus concluded to the story of the Good Samaritan was a command, go and do likewise, right? Go and do likewise. Jesus' command still resonates today. It is still important today. The command to treat our neighbors with love and compassion in the same way the Samaritan treated the wounded Jewish man is still relevant. These two basic guidelines for Christian living have not changed. It has not changed. It's still, it's still in the Bible, still there. We still must act upon it, right? However, the second greatest command carries with it a qualifier. Not only are we commanded to love our neighbors, but to the same degree we love our own selves. Right? This, this is probably one of the most challenging aspects of the entire commandment because most of us have no trouble treating ourselves to nice things, eating delicious food, wearing fancy clothes, playing with expensive toys, right? buying nice expensive things. I, I call them toys because I'm, I'm childish like that, but you know. Anyways, making time for ourselves to enjoy all the pleasures we desire. We spoil ourselves, right? But, when, but we don't often have time or we don't do any, any of that with others, right? That's a sad truth. However, this is exactly the way God calls us to love others, the way we love each other, the way we, I mean, the way we love ourselves, right? That's how we must love others. I cannot just love my neighbor at her arm's length. I cannot just, I love you, you know, I love you. I got to show it, right? I must be willing to treat my neighbor at least as well as I want to be treated, right? Uh, that's what you tell little kids, treat others as you want to be treated, you know, be, be good, be good. That's how you be good, right? Um, this measuring stick is a good evaluator of how well we are fulfilling this commandment. Even if, if it's somewhat true that, uh, that we are loving neighbors, are we loving our neighbors as much as we love ourselves? That's a question. Are we truly doing that, right? But being a neighbor is not restricted to re relation or proximity. It is merely a demonstration of the love and mercy of God to all in need. Whomever and whoever they may be, regardless of race, denomination, or belief, Jesus teaches us that love is an action, not only a feeling or a theory, and that it sometimes requires the shouldering of others' burdens and often uncomfortable process, right? A lot of times, like it says right there, we may choose to love people only because of their appearance, right? Only because of what they can do for us. Only, you know, what we can benefit, right? But it says here that, that none of that should matter. None of that has to matter because we must love them. We, we, we must see them as, as God sees us. When God sees us, he doesn't see the sinners. He doesn't see the sin. He sees a soul. He sees his children, right? And, and that's how we must see others. And, and that's why we must pray. You know, I, I, this is my prayer a, a lot of times because I, I struggle with this a lot. Lord, help me, help me see people how you see them. Help me love them how you love them. Not only as I love myself, but God, how would you love them? That's how I want to love them. That's how I need to love them. Because in return, that will that, all come back, right? right? So, so, so it's not only a one-way thing. It's, it's going to come back, amen? So, you know, these, these, these people asking Jesus all these questions thought they were the cream of the crop, the best of the best. But Jesus brought that down really, really fast, you know? Saying it's not you guys, it's the Samaritan, you know, that, that did that. But, you know, that's a, a lesson for another day. But as Christians, we must remember that we are Christians first and everything else second, right? If you're born again of the water and spirit, if you have his name, right, if, 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 if you've been bought by the blood, right, if, you've, if your name has been changed, you belong to him. We're Christians, right? We're, we're striving to be like Christ. But, but we got to remember that we're Christian first and then everything else second. Right? I'm Mexican, right? But before that, I'm a Christian, right? Everybody else here is, you know, Salvadorian, Honduran, American, anyone from Canada. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but we're all, we're all these things, right? I have a profession. I have a job. I'm a pest control technician. We have engineers. We have builders here, plumbers, all of that. But before you're any of that, you're a Christian. 
right? So, 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 so that's what people have to see first, the Christ side. Right? When, when people look at me, I, 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 I don't want them to see a, a, a Mexican. I don't want them to see, you know, a pest control technician. I want them to see a Christian. Amen? And that's what we, we must strive to do. We must show love. Amen? So, so, so none of that matters, right? Or should, it should never surpass our faith and its duties. This is what we must, we must keep in mind because when we consider our neighbor, I mean, when we consider a neighbor, a, our neighbor, amen? Because at the end of the day, we do not choose our neighbors as much as we might wish we could, right? When you move to a neighborhood, you're not choosing your neighbors. They're already there most of the time. They've been there longer than you, right? When I came to this church, many of you have been here longer than me, and I still love you all, amen? <laughs> but the word neighbor comes from the Greek word uh, plation, which is translated near when used in an adverb and neighbor when it's used as a noun, right? So like I explained earlier, it could be like something neighbor something, that's a verb, or, you know, neighbor as somebody else, a person, place, or thing. So therefore, anyone who is within relatively proximity, close proximity, is to be considered our neighbor. So everybody here is my neighbor because you guys are fairly close, right? This includes the house on the block that plays loud music. Anybody have those? I still live in an apartment, and it seemed like um, the people would, would tap dance at 3 in the morning upstairs. I kid you not. And, 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 and they had a dog that, that they never liked to take out, so they take him out on the, on the little balcony, which was made of wood to do the business. And, yeah, I, I, I got really, you know, but, but we got to love them. We got to love them. We got to love them. I love them. Amen. I, I forgave them. I forgave them. Right? Those that keep calling the cops on you. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> right? But, 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 it, but it could be that neighbor, right? In that way. But, but what about a coworker, right? What about that coworker that decides to use words that shouldn't be used in church, you know? You know, I, I'm, I'm a pest control technician. Most of people in that line of work like to use really, really, you know, words that <laughs> I wouldn't say here. I wouldn't say anywhere, really. You know, I'm not trying to justify anything. But, but you know, but we still got to love them, right? As much as that aggravates me, as much as that makes me angry, right? Because I, I know that's not them. I know that's the spirit, right? But as much as, as we don't like that, we must love them. Amen? Um, we don't have the luxury of choosing who our neighbors are. We do not. And this puts more emphasis on how I, on how I treat the people who are already in my life, Right? What about that family member that, that did you really bad, that, that did you wrong? You still got to love them, right? Yes. That uncle, that crazy uncle, you know? I have lots of crazy uncles. I still got to love them. My parents, I still got to love them, you know, despite of what, you know, happened. I still got to love them, right? And, and a lot of times we say, yeah, we, we'll, I love my church, I love my neighbors, but a lot of times there's a little bit of hate in your family, and that makes it a, just a little bit worse, right? But... In instance, we have to love them. Amen? Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself. And to love someone as yourself, you have to know the person. Right? You have to spend the time to get to know them. Spend time with the person and strive to understand the person. Right? If I say I love my wife and don't know anything about her, doesn't, that, then I don't love her. Husbands, if you love your wives, but you don't know anything about them, you really don't love them. Right? I know a lot of things about my wife, and that's a good thing because I love her. Amen? Jesus has compared the love we have for our neighbors to the love we have for ourselves, right? It is not far-stretched to say that we know ourselves more, than, than, more and think about ourselves more than any other person. Sometimes we do, right? Jesus is saying that is how much we are to love our neighbor as much we love ourselves. Naturally, we will not care about someone deeply unless we are intentionally about understanding that person and treating him or her as the Lord has treated us. Have, 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 you all remember being in school, having that close group of friends? your neighbors, right? And you only care for them but not care about anybody else, right? That's not the right way to do it. You got to love everybody else, right? That, that's pretty much what it's trying to explain here, right? But Jesus, that, Jesus then points out how love should expand over cultural boundaries and eth ethnic lines because the Jews and the Samaritans clash mainly over religious differences, right? So that means in, in our world today, there are many other denominations. There are many other religions. And guess what? We still have to love them. Amen? And, you know, a lot of times we may not agree on something, but the one thing we should agree on is, is, that, is that God is God, right? And, and, and if that's the only thing that we have in common, then so be it. Let's love them. Amen? 
so this teaches us that our neighbors are not those who, who simply look, act, and think like each of us, yet Jesus was not merely teaching the, the expert and moral lesson to be kind to others. He was also pointing to himself as Messiah because his description of what happens to the Jewish man on the side of the road is foreshadowing of what would happen to him in his sacrificial death. All right? Because he was attacked, he was stripped, he was beaten, and he was left for dead. So, you know, he was comparing that, right? Jesus also told this parable within the broader question of eternal life and the law. Jesus replies that the greatest commandments are to love God as to, uh, as to love others. And so in order to truly be a good neighbor, to love others deeply, you have to love God. Jesus made this possible for both Jews and Gentiles with his life, death, and resurrection. That's what brought us all together, the blood of Christ. Amen. He was comparing, look, the Samaritan was left for dead. He was beaten. He was stripped. He was foreshadowing what was going to happen to him, right? But, but in all that, that that's how, that's how the, the barrier was broke, right? And that's how salvation was obtained by everybody now, right? Even the Gentiles, it says, right? But the law is fulfilled in, in, in this command, right? So in Galatians 5 and 14, Paul says, for the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There it is again, right? The law was completed Right when Jesus went to the cross, but it still remains thou shalt love the neighbor as yourself. Paul said, All the law, this includes all the five books written by Moses in, in the in the Old Testament. So 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 with all this, what can we decide today? Right? We can decide I will love my neighbor, right? Because if you love God, you have to love your neighbor. Simple as that. You know, I, I don't have to go deep, right? But but one of the of, of the first fruits of the spirit is love, right? Right? So, so how can we say that we have the Spirit of God in us if we don't show the first fruit, that, which is love? Right? right? That's, uh, that, that'll contradict it, itself, right? Yeah. Saying, well, I have the Spirit. You know, I speak in tongues. You know, I do all this and that. But if, if, if you're not loving somebody, then the Spirit is not really working in you. Right? Because the first fruit of the Spirit is love. And at the end of the day, choosing to love God is a choice, but many Christians already know that, right? However, choosing to love one's neighbors is also a choice, right? It's not, it's, it doesn't come automatically. You don't become a Christian and says, I love everybody, because you don't, right? But you have to choose to love others. Sometimes this is a more difficult choice to make than the first, right? Choosing to love God is, 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 is probably comes easy to you, right? You, you give your life to him. M many of us came to God because we needed something, right? We, we give him our life when we needed something, right? That's when we come, come to him. Because we, knew we, we know we have a benefit, right? But choosing to love others, that's, 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 that's a whole different choice. And that's a harder one sometimes. Because we know God to be a good father, but we know, know people to be not so good people sometimes. Not so good fathers in a way, right? So sometimes this command is one of the hardest ones, right? But... It is impossible to love God completely or correctly without also loving our neighbors as much as we love ourselves, right? Because those two commands go hand in hand. Just like learning to love God is a process, so learning to love others can also be a process, right? Especially when God has called us to love people who have hurt us and are actively doing that, right? There's people that have hurt us. We, we know we got to love them. There's people that are, are still hurting us to this day. And guess what? We have to love them, Right? It is specifically difficult to love those who have abused us physically, spiritually, or any other, any other way. It is extremely difficult to love the murderer, the rapist, and the terrorist. But guess what? That's what Jesus did. Amen? The Bible contains examples of God loving and saving murderers, rapists, and terrorists. Furthermore, he often used simple humans like you and me to communicate that love. So we ought to be thankful that God can use us to show how to follow God's command and to love others as ourselves. Amen? Because, because who, who are we to be used by God? Amen? We, we're, you know, if you look back, we're, we're sinners, right? We, we, we don't deserve any of this. You know, I, I used to say, God, I'm not worthy of, you know, doing any of this. But he still chose, chose us, right? He still chooses you today, right? And that is the, the, the love that God gives us. So in, in hindsight, we have to do that. Those people that have done us wrong, those people that, that don't like us, Right? We still have to love them. We still have to choose them, just how God chose us. Amen? To love others, well, we have to be filled with the love of God first. 
Our hearts, souls, and minds must be transformed and focused on the Lord before we can ever love our neighbors selflessly and intentionally. It delights the Lord when we strive to love neighbors, his children. It is mimicking God's character that our own godly character is developed. If we love others as we love ourselves, we are displaying the Lord's work of sanctification in our lives. Right? There's a scripture that says they'll know that we are his by the way we love each other. I mean, I'm paraphrasing. All right? But, but here are three foundations you need to be a good neighbor, right? So not the State Farm Company, but this is what you can do to be a good neighbor, right? So number one is spend time in the Word of God each day. And if you're writing this down, please do. To truly have eyes that see the needs of those around us, we must first be filled by time spent solely with the, the Lord. We are not helpful to anyone if we're not pouring out of a soul filled by the Holy Spirit. Amen? The second way is to pray intentionally that we would see the needs of those around us. It is easy to miss them sometimes, right? This prayer pleases the Lord because it shows a heart that is operating from the love that he has given us. Filling the needs of others can be done by, make, uh, by making a checkbox list, but loving our neighbor requires a heart that is seeking to bestow God's love and not to earn it. God will honor this prayer when we pray with a pure heart to open our eyes and minds to those around us that need help. Because a lot of times, a lot of times we, don't, we, don't, we don't see the, the, the need that they're in. Sometimes it can be a spiritual need. Sometimes it could be just going and praying for them. But we have to be sensitive and we have to pray that, Lord, I, 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 want, I, I want to feel the needs, right? I want to see the needs of the people around me. And thirdly, um, last one, share that you are praying to be a good neighbor with those around you. Now, that may sound boastful in a, in a way, but let me explain. It is most beneficial to share with people who will keep you accountable and pray alongside you, right? Those are the good neighbors you have around you, right? Now, simply look around and see let us love one another because he has commanded us to do so. Amen? And, 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 and uh, I have a, a commentary here. Um, I'm not really going to get into it. I don't have that much time. Um, but if, if we can stem to your feet, I'm coming to a close. Now, I understand I may have been all over the place, but the message is simple. Love thy neighbor, right? Because if we do that, we're, we're showing God's love, right? We're showing that fruit of the Spirit. Like I said, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit is, is love, right, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Amen? But the first one that I like there is love. I, 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 I like how, how the Bible just goes one way, right? Um. That's the fruit of the Spirit, right? The love. So we must love our neighbors. Amen. So would you bow your heads and maybe lift a hand and pray for this word? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word you've given us today, Lord. And help us be not only hearers of the word, Lord, but doers of the word. We don't want to only, Lord, show our love by what we say, but we want to show our love by our actions, Lord. Help us, Lord, see those people in need. Show us, Lord, who is in need, Jesus. It may be that coworker. It, it, it might be my, my physical neighbor. It may be my family member. It may be my brother and sister in church. But, Lord, I don't want to miss out on being used by you, Lord, because of my pride or because I, I, I'm looking for certain qualities in somebody to go help. But, Lord, help me be the good neighbor today. Help us be good neighbors today, Lord. Help us love those people as we love you, Jesus. And help us love them as we love ourselves. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. We clap our hands unto the Lord in this place. Thank you. Amen. Good word, amen. We need, we need that. How many of you would admit that, that when you really dig into that, it's challenging? I mean, there's certain people it's easy to love. I mean, everybody here, you know, we have enough in common that we can love one another. Um, but there, there are situations where it's challenging. And I, I was, the uh, word common, and, and, and the Bible says that, that Samaritan was moved with compassion. The word, we like to love people that we have something in common with. And so we try to, well, let me, if I can find something that we have common ground in, then I can love you. Um, but that he wasn't. There was no commonality between the Samaritan and the man on the side. Nothing. They had nothing in common, right? One was a Jew. One was a Samaritan, all right. One, one 
had wealth. The other one was in pain. They had nothing in common. They weren't, the only thing they had in common was they were both human beings. But that really in and of itself isn't enough to get you to love somebody. Common, they both, common and compassion, both share the same root word, com, which means together. But common means uh, shared together. So we have something shared together. But compassion means together, and passion actually means suffering. So that man, what he did was he, can, he put himself in the suffering of the other man. And the way that we can love people that we don't have anything in common with is we, we have not, well, I'm going to search until I find something in common with you, but I need, I need, all I need to know is I, I've got to find a way to share in your suffering. I've got to find a way to put myself in your shoes. Amen. To think if I were in your situation, if I were going through what you were going through, I would probably feel the same way that you do. That doesn't mean that we agree with it. If you're waiting to agree with everybody before you love them, you're not going to love everybody. But compassion. Jesus moved with compassion. Jesus put himself in the... And we have a world right now that is a broken world. Hurting people. They hate people because they're hurting. You ever tried to help a dog that got hit by a car? Or a dog that was hurting? They're going to bite you. Because hurting people hurt people. All right? And so we have to be moved with compassion. Thank you, Brother Sanchez, for challenging us today. We, it's challenging today to love people. It is. And I think our world, I think the, the enemy is doing a great job of making, he's separating things more and more. You know, we got political factions and we got, you know, I used to, when I was a kid, I didn't like people because they like different football teams than me. I mean, I'd smile at them, but deep down I really didn't like them. You like the Cowboys. How in the world you like the Cowboys? My wife, my, and God said, you're going to have to learn to love because I'm going I'm to hook you up with a Cowboys fan. Anyway, hey, settle down back there. All right, <laughs> but compassion, amen, loving, and, and so let's, let's, Brother Eric already, we did, we prayed, but being mindful of that daily, God, help me to have compassion, help me to love people that I have nothing in common with, help me to love people that vote different than I do, that look different than I do, that think different than I do, that pray different than I do, help me to love people the way that you love them, amen, God bless you, we're going to get ready to enter into our uh, worship time, and uh, so hopefully everybody thawed out a little bit. I turned the units off for a few minutes so it would, I don't know about you all, but I was freezing there for a few minutes. So anyway. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait.